Hello and welcome to Fast Charge, episode 99. We are so close, so nearly there. Uh, I am your host, Dom, back as ever, joined this week by the uh, stalwart two. Uh, we've got Toddy over there and Lewis on the controls. And this week we also have uh, Chris joining us to help cover some of the Redmi, Xiaomi Redmi launch stuff we're going to be going through in a minute. Uh, Chris, as we've been noticing in our little warm-up chat, Chris's beard is growing longer by the day. I don't know how long it's been since he last trimmed it, but there is a point where he's going to be more beard than man, and I think we're getting there. <laughs> My not I need to get it off the bottom of the screen, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. ZZ top levels, please. <laughs> also, if it's 99, do we not all get ice creams with a flake in them? Oh, oh, that would have been that great. Would be good. Yeah. Would that would be episode 120, because that's how much they like cost. Oh, now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can keep doing Freddo episodes and keep chasing the, nice. the price of a Freddo forever. Uh, yeah, no, seriously, though, it is episode 100 next week, um, which feels pretty mad. So I don't know. We'll, we'll have to do something to, to mark the occasion. So if, if anyone listening or watching has any thoughts on what kind of nonsense they want us to do for episode 100... Please shout and let us know because I would love to outsource my labor to you and save myself from coming up <laughs> yeah. with good ideas for next week. Do a countdown um, of the best 100 phones ever. Oh, God, no. Text <laughs> all day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Anyway, this week, 99. We'll deal with that first. Worry about 100 next. Um, we are going to be talking through a few things. First up, the kind of big launch of actual new devices of the week. Though there was arguably a big launch this week, we'll get to that. The big launch of new devices this week was Redmi's the Xiaomi Redmi Note 11 series, uh, which got a global unveiling. They had kind of been unveiled in China already, but actually the global phones are not the same as the Chinese phones. So these are slightly new, different handsets because, I don't know, Xiaomi gonna Xiaomi. Uh, so we're going <laughs> to run through them. Next, we're going to go through a couple of reviews. So first up, I have the Samsung Galaxy S21 FE which I'm now ready to uh, talk through, having been using it as my main phone for a week. And following that, Lewis is going to turn in his thoughts on the Moto G200, uh, which we chatted about on the pod before. If you can't remember that one, that's a Motorola with pretty much flagship specs, like yeah. really, really impressive flagship specs, but for a, like 400 bucks, kind of 400 pounds, 500 bucks. So it's very, very affordable for what it has, which caught my attention. Uh, before that, let's run through some other little bits and pieces. So, uh, the big news this week maybe was the confirmation of what we kind of already knew, but the Galaxy S22 series is coming, it's around the corner, and it is launching on February 9th. That is now official, Samsung has said, February 9th for the next Galaxy Unpacked, and basically confirmed it's going to be the S22. Um, it also looks really likely now that the Tab S8 is coming at the same time. We thought it might be. Um, but if you're in the US right now, you can kind of reserve a, a handset. You can reserve an S22, which you're not actually putting any money down yet. You're kind of reserving the chance to pre-order. And they give you the chance to do that for the next Galaxy smartphone, but also the next Galaxy tablet. So it feels pretty much like as close to confirmation as we're going to get that we're going to see the Tab S8 range on February 9th as well. So... That is all coming up. If you want to know more about what to expect, particularly from the S22, we actually covered all of that last week. So if you weren't watching listening last week, go back and check that out because the state of the rumors hasn't really changed a lot in the last week and everything we said uh, seven days ago pretty much still stands. Uh, secondly, the other big bit of news this week was from Huawei, who held their 
official global launch of the P50, finally. Uh, technically, they didn't actually launch the P50, but they launched the P50 Pro and the P50 Pocket, which is the foldable version, the little sort of clamshell Z Flip rival foldable. Uh, we are not going to talk about these in depth today because other than getting European pricing, we didn't really get any new information about these. Plus, um, I'm hoping we're going to be able to review both of them soon enough. So fingers crossed one episode in the next few weeks, we're actually going to be able to go through and give them a proper review. So keep your eyes up for that. We'll have more to say on them soon with a bit of luck. Uh, but we didn't really want to dwell on talking too long about phones that you already know everything about. The only real news is European pricing, which is expensive for both <laughs> yeah very <laughs> not surprisingly expensive but it's it's expensive they're both over the thousand euro line uh neither of these are cheap phones uh which obviously has its ups and downs with huawei but this is no big surprise um what else google also has a big launch on the way we don't have anything official from them but we've had kind of a flurry of new rumors this week on the pixel 6a which is going to be their mid-range offering the Pixel Watch, which has been rumored forever, it feels like. Yeah. Um, and also the Pixel Fold, their kind of Oppo Find N slash Z Fold style foldable. Um, that is now tipped to be called the Pixel Notepad, a name I do not like. It feels very clunky to me um, and very kind of... It's just boring, like a notepad. It just no seems old an... school. Like, I, I yeah, thought, exactly. Yeah. It's like, it's their first tech product, and they're like, oh, we need to bridge the gap between the traditional and the new, so let's call it the notepad. But no, everyone like, understands If your big pitches, you can use it to take notes. Like, oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, but it could be worse. That, that, that the name comes from a 9to5 Google report. And to be fair, they say this is kind of like a, a brand name Google is working on. It's not final, so this may not be what it's called. But they also know that the other name that had been in contention internally was the Pixel Logbook. <laughs> 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 is this like the engineers were left in charge of the whole marketing yeah, that's all i can think well. <laughs> like, this must be like early engineering stuff and at some point it reaches the marketing department and all of this will get thrown like, out no 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 we're not doing that <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. to be fair though like the last kind of tablet they did was called the pixel c which is not i mean it's better it's not a particularly uh, strong name though so maybe they're just not good at naming tablets i just how Log can you have access I'm to sorry. so much data and not get your <laughs> branding know. right like you've got more data than almost any company in the world use it to come up with a good name at the very <laughs> least <laughs> anyway so maybe the pixel notepad uh, same same report says that that uh, the, the good bit of news here is apparently they are targeting a $1400 price tag for that which is $400 cheaper than the Z Fold 3 which would be kind of the closest direct rival in the US market so if that's true that seems really, really promising. Um, but we'll see. Anyway, all three of these feel like they're going to be coming in May because we've had the Pixel 6a tipped for May and the Pixel Watch tipped more specifically for 26th May, um, which is around the time Google normally holds its I.O. conference. We previously thought that the foldable was coming in spring. So with all these kind of aligning, it really looks like maybe we're getting a Google I.O. at the end of May and probably a keynote on the 26th for now where they are going to unveil the watch the 6a and their foldable phone obviously this will make change but this is kind of where it looks right now which is exciting um oneplus also seems to have a flurry of devices on the way and i feel like i'm repeating myself because i'm pretty sure i have this exact same thing in the new segment last week which was a fresh slate of new oneplus handsets that were tipped to be on the way like uh the nord ce2 was one of them uh, but we've got even more now 
In addition to the two or three I mentioned last week, this week we've heard about uh, the OnePlus Nord 2T, which is not the Nord CE 2 or the Nord 2 CE, it's different. Um, also an, a OnePlus 10R, which would be an India-exclusive version of the 10, even though there hasn't been a 10. And that maybe we've also heard they might be working on their first Ultra phone uh, to come later this year. So we, I guess that would be a OnePlus 10 Ultra, if this is true. Um, I don't know. And, you know, no one knows what that one would involve. Uh, for some of the others, there are spec leaks and specific chipsets. You can have a look. But yeah, um, a, a OnePlus seems to be planning to... This, that's already we're now another like five or six handsets we're expecting this year. So after kind of slowing down, they feel like they're picking up again. But be any sense anyone had of a structure to their naming, to their release schedules, to how the product lines tie together is out the window at this point. It, surely it used to it always used to be like clockwork. Yeah, like you yeah. could you could pretty much predict the date of each you know event yeah. basically, and now it's just like the the what. And it's just, no, it, it, seems, it just makes it easier, doesn't it? Oh, go on. Yeah. Go on, Toddy. <laughs> it just, it just, now it seems explicitly engineered to just make me lose my mind with all these like mm-hmm. weird model skews yeah. and stuff that have no kind of rhyme or reason to their... Trajectory. It just makes it harder to understand the, the range overall, doesn't it? You don't know what came before, exactly. what comes after. You don't know if one's better than the other. And maybe they want they want that because they don't want you to know what's the best one. They're just like, yeah. Consumers, look at these. Have this one. Look at this. All this amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. I think part of it is that they're moving towards, you know, we've seen more and more different OnePlus phones come out in different markets. You know, the US has a very different set of OnePlus phones available to Europe, which has a different set to India, which has a different set to China. And I think they seem to like this approach and they're doing more and more of that. But it's just so confusing, certainly for journalists, but for fans as well, looking at it from a global perspective and trying to keep track of all these things. Because, you know, how are you meant to keep track as a global fan of like the fact that there's the Nord 2T, but also the Nord CE2 um, and also the 10R and there's not even a 10. And there was a 9RT that only released like last week, three days after the 10 Pro came out. So, you know, as a global fan, it's it's a nonsense. And any, you know, that tech community that brought them up, I guess, can't keep track. Um the big question is, does that matter to their bottom line? Because the average person buying these phones has no idea what they're selling in other countries anyway. And so it Alex, might be fine. And and in the comments, Alex says, um, he's just, mm. he says he's just hearing letters and numbers now at this point. And I feel like we're all kind of feeling that as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I had that feeling beginning when we started to see kind of the string of Nord models within a yeah. year. And you got the Nord and the Nord 2 and the Nord CE. And then, but also the, the like, N200, N100, N10. And it was always unclear how these are all meant to relate to one another and I, I just feel like that's getting worse but uh yeah anyway last bit of news for today is um you know a little little fun story um about a little oem that's pulling itself up by its bootstraps um but microsoft has finally put android 11 on the original surface duo <laughs> um wow. as other brands are rolling out android 12 across their Filled device portfolios. Microsoft, which currently has two Android devices on the market, has just <laughs> managed to get the previous version of Android onto its first phone. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. is it on two phones technically that they've stapled together? Like, it's kind of two phones. They've got four devices if you want to <laughs> count it by screen. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a shambles. I, I remember a tweet, and I'm, I'm afraid I cannot remember who tweeted it, but it was a, a tech journalist or influencer or someone. But sort of in commenting on, on this stuff the other day, he said, 
that they remember being very excited about Microsoft entering the Android OEM market and how strange it is to think that now, just like a year or two later, there's a reasonable claim that they are the worst Android OEM on the market. Uh, it's astonishing. Again, despite only two devices, and they're cool. I haven't used either of the Duos. I, I really want to get the chance to try one out for a bit. We just ran a review uh, by Niren of the Duo 2 on the site, which I think was you know similar to what we thought what he thought the first one, which is you know good but not good enough. We've got a lot of flaws, and they're clearly getting there. But man, it's Microsoft. It, like Lewis, you were saying about Google. You know, if any company has the resource to do this better, exactly Google, but also Microsoft. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they have all the money in the world. Uh, and they're too yeah. busy making Hololens Seven or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> So for a handful of people who own an original Surface Duo, you can now update it to Android 11, if you so please. And you I mean... hope to God that fixes a lot of the software problems. You mean the handful of people that still have a review sample? <laughs> well, I, I posted a photo on Twitter, I think, end of last year, because I saw someone on my train was using a Duo, and I couldn't believe it. And then everyone in the comments on the tweet was like, definitely just a Microsoft employee. Like, yeah. that's the only Surely way 100%. that person is rocking a Duo. <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> uh, all right let's move on uh so our first big topic of today is the xiaomi redmi note 11 launch uh, xiaomi has unveiled four phones in this series to go along with the phones that previously unveiled in china these have some of the same names as the phones in china but not all of the same specs so we're going to kind of shelve the chinese model for now and just focus on these global ones for ease uh, but we have the redmi note 11 the Redmi Note 11 S, the Redmi Note 11 Pro 4G, and the Redmi Note 11 Pro 5G. You got it's it. It's a bit of a mess. Um, I'm, I'm going to sort of smush two of them together from the outset to make things easier, which is to say the two Pro models, the 4G and the 5G, are, as far as I can tell, exactly the same except for the chipset, in that one of them has a MediaTek, the other one has a Qualcomm, and the MediaTek one is a 4G chip. And the Qualcomm one is a 5G chip, but those two phones are, I believe, identical in every other spec and design element and everything. So think of the pros as the same phone, you just, it is a choice of 4G and 5G. And then Incorrect. it begins to feel a bit easier. <laughs> God damn it, already? <laughs> yeah. What else is different? <laughs> so the, for some bizarre reason, the 4G version, which doesn't, it doesn't actually have 4G on the end, it's just called the 11 Pro, that has a fourth rear camera. Um, which what? is, let me just double check. Why? That has a, that has a two megapixel depth sensor, which the five G doesn't have. You need the space for the extra G. Yeah, yes. <laughs> you either get an extra G or you get a depth sensor. There's no in between. Yeah, I mean that's oh, a tough. That's right. a tough choice. Not. That's there may, they... <laughs> there may be other things, but that's what I mainly noticed was that it oh, has you're right, four rear cameras. The five G has the same camera module, but it has that thing where one of the lenses is actually just a black circle that says Fake. AI in the middle. Oh god, uh, that's a real me thing. That's I hate awful. the fact. Yeah, I hate that, that that's coming becoming more common now. I'm just like, Not please okay. no. Yeah. I mean, it and clearly then... is here just to cost save thing of being like, well, we've got this camera module with yeah. four cameras in. It's easier to put the same one in, but. You almost wonder if a two megapixel depth sensor isn't cheaper than making a black circle that says AI in the middle. <laughs> Especially if you're buying them in bulk. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All and right, so I, I'm already getting this wrong. So On the 11S and the 4G model of the Pro, is that right, Chris? Oh, say that again. Same chip, same MediaTek chip on the, the 11S. 11S and the Pro, but not the 5G one. It's... 
a Helio G96. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that's been around for ages yes. as well. Okay, cool. I think you're thinking of the G95. It, 95 has been around for a long, long time. And but the 96 is new-ish. Like, yeah. Yeah. The Helio G95 is on the Moto G3. 31 that i just reviewed today that's what i mean it's still getting used like it's yeah. and i feel like i've been writing about that that chip forever <laughs> can i just say if if on the on the chance that alex is still watching in the comments i i apologize now because if you thought the numbers were bad before then this is about to get really intense <laughs> so, <much worse>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so that, that confusion aside uh, these are pretty nice looking phones for the price i think that's the yeah. kind of classic xiaomi thing they range from i think the cheapest end is sort of $180 for the regular yeah, so Note 11, and it goes up to about th- just under $400 uh, for the yeah. top-spec Pro 5G. So they're still in that really good, affordable range. I think you know all of these are either budget or cheap mid-range, the kind of way most people look at them. But I think all of them have AMOLED displays, right? Um, yeah, that's basically the, the crux of it, is that yeah, they're all AMOLED, either 90 or 120 hertz, um, and then you've either got 50 megapixel or 108 megapixel cameras, depending on which mm. model you're going for. And you've either got 33 or 67 watt charging, um, pretty much 5,000 milliamp hour across the range, um, adapters included. Um, the cheapest 11 is $179, and that's for 64 gigabytes. And then the most expensive Pro 5G is 379, and that's 8128. Nice. So, I mean, solid like, budget or yeah. mid-range, yeah. Yeah, Redmi's numbered note phones to try and be specific. Um, are usually they they usually sell incredibly well, and they usually end up on our best budget and best mid-range charts because of the value for money that they offer. These all seem like really solid shouts. Usually, they're in contention with what Pocket phone, which is effectively Xiaomi still. So, yeah, yeah it'll be interesting to see what the Poco brand does that is built on the same kind of underpinnings because usually they share so much as well behind the scenes. We'll also get the, we have the Realme 9 series coming soon, which yeah. is probably going to be the obvious competitor. In fact, the Realme 9i has already been announced in India. Yeah. Uh, we're just waiting for the other Realme 9 phones and they've already started teasing them, but they've already, there's sort of already the space in which you start seeing where these phones are going to pull apart because Realme has already been a bit bullish in announcing they're now doing a 9 Pro Plus as well yeah. as a 9 Pro. Uh, they've said both their Pro and their Pro Plus are going to be 5G, and the Pro Plus is going to run a MediaTek Dimensity 920, I think, which is, if I've got my chips, that's right, more powerful than any of the ones in any of these. So Realme already seems to be lining itself up as kind of they're maybe going to deliver better CPU performance than the Redmi Note 11 series, but Redmi's maybe going to you know, some of these camera specs are impressive. The fact they've all got AMOLED displays is really nice, and I'm not sure we're going to see that across the whole whole Realme range. So, Yeah, especially at the lower end, Realme's numbered phones, usually you have to choose between a like, super high refresh rate or AMOLED versus LCD. That seems to be that that's where their trade-off usually ends up. Yeah, so, and that's why I really like the fact that all of these are AMOLED, because I do think mm. it's, it's, it is the, the trade-off that there's been at that bit of the market for a while, and the fact that they've just made the choice to make all of these AMOLED yeah. with different refresh rates, I think simplifies that for consumers a little bit. And you're not trying to explain to someone why the higher spec phone has a lower refresh rate yeah. and things like that. It's just much cleaner. They're all AMOLED, which means they're all going to look pretty nice. And you just 
paying extra for the full 120 if that's something that you know that you're into yeah the the regular 11 looks particularly interesting um because i'm not sure like the mid-range the 11 pro 5g i think has got more competition but the 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 under 200 dollar slash pound mark there's there's not a huge amount under that that's price cap that's, that's actually really yeah. good like there's the xiaomi redmi 10 which is 90 hertz but it's got really slow charging and you know a few other bits and pieces that are meh and the moto g31 that i just reviewed has actually dropped down to 60 hertz it was 90 on the g30 um and it's got some other okay stuff but it's like yeah these are okay but this is sort of like oh it's actually ticking pretty much all the boxes mm. that you could it you could hope for at that price one of the other oddities across these phones is i think all of them i might be wrong but i think they all have ip53 ratings which oh, is that. i'm not even sure you know it's always this funny thing with phones especially the cheaper mid-range ones i don't know that that necessarily means this has better water resistance than other phones around the same price but it does mean it's certified to have that certain level of water resistance and it is if nothing else interesting that xiaomi has paid for it yeah and, and they've added five bucks to the price of every phone by by going and paying for that because that was always what oneplus said when they didn't offer ip ratings because they always said it is waterproof we just don't want to you know it costs money to get a rating we don't want to pass it on to the consumer um and then they kind of gave in and started doing it but they still mm -hmm. need to really do it for the flagships but yeah it's interesting here for them to make a point of getting these certifications but it is a peace of mind thing for a lot of people i think just knowing it does have that rating um, i mean it's ip53 not ip68 so it's splash resistance not you know dunk it in the bath resistance <laughs> but yeah but for comparison the moto g31 again that's just water repellent coating which is what most of the budget motos have they yeah, don't yeah. have ip I think it's just that extra level of reassurance, right? And I think it's a funny thing because you can kind of get it into your head that the people spending a lot on a phone are going to care more about these protective features because it's so much more valuable. Yeah. Probably often it's the people buying a cheap phone who care more because they're maybe less in a position to buy another one if it breaks. Whereas someone yeah. who feels that they can throw a grand at their phone maybe is a bit more likely to feel they can throw another grand at it in a year when, when they smash it or drop it in the bath. But the sort, you know, someone who's only spending a couple hundred on their phone, you know, they might want to make sure that phone's going to last them a while. So I think it's really nice to see this kind of stuff filtering through a bit more to the low end of the market. And I do, I do want to applaud that. Has anyone here used a Redmi phone or a Xiaomi phone recently? Um, kind not, of usually uh, have like a drop off at the end of last year in terms of releases. And then this is like the start of their new year release. But just yeah, thinking about what they're up against with regards to user experience, because that's, I think, really then the main crunch point. The value is so good, mm -hmm. but more often than not, that's where we mark those phones down, I think, is, is the user experience is either too messy or convoluted or there's too much bloat or something or other. Um, and I know that they've refined it, but also we've seen Oppo refine their version. We've seen Realme yep. refine theirs. Um, yeah, so I'd be so curious to see, yeah, what, what Emotion UI is it 13? My UI, excuse me, 13? Yes, one. these yeah. these all ship with thirteen, which yeah. um, there's not a huge amount. Um, there's a new sidebar which you can swipe in from the side, and you get a mm -hmm. vertical list of all your favorite apps, which you can choose which ones are in it. Um, but they gave me a whole bunch of like optimization stats that um, that 
supposedly going to make everything run a lot better. Something called liquid storage, which they liken to Gross. defragging on a PC is up defragging. to 60% faster. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, RAM optimization is up to 40% better. Um, and then battery life up to 10% better. Seven or 70? Up to 10% on the battery. Oh, okay. <laughs> Overall, 70, 70 would be uh, <laughs> astonishing. Yeah. It's like, whoa, what was going wrong before? Jeez. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's hard to say. None of us have used MIUI 13 yet. And I think the thing is that the changes I would want to see to MIUI are the kind of things that they are probably going to keep making but not talk about when they do make them which is just rearranging settings menus and trimming mm. things and tidying things and making things a little more intuitive and it's not sexy os updates that you hype about not least because for the most part it is more things where it's saying oh this was crap before and we've improved it which you don't really want to say um so you know yeah previous me ui jumps i've always felt each one is a bit better than the one before but it's not because they've got excited new features they've dropped in it's just because I go in and I'm like, oh, there's a couple fewer like pre-installed Xiaomi apps on this phone. That's nice. And yeah. it doesn't take me as long to dive through the settings menu and, and find the thing I'm looking for because they've put it in some arse backwards category that makes no sense. Yeah. Stay tuned for Dom's like uh, op-ed on the 10 sexiest UI features of the last time. <laughs> That's next week. The 100 <laughs> best Android 100 skins. Episodes. There we go. Nailed going it. down to like specific version numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess it's harder to to sell, advertise like the the appeal of it if it's all behind the scenes stuff. But I would much yeah. rather, yeah, better optimizations and less clutter than a new sidebar. Xiaomi, just totally. FYI, yeah. going forward. But yeah, as you just, say, that's the thing we knock them for a lot of the time, especially when you're in that point where the specs are almost identical, price is almost identical, and you're saying, do you pick between the Xiaomi and and the Oppo or the Realme? And I think we do tend to lean if the specs are about the same. We'd all prefer using a Realme phone over a Xiaomi phone, but yeah. I think the last thing to point out is possibly on the design, which we haven't really talked about too much, mm. because they've gone flat-sided like the iPhones of recent times. And Vivo um, and Oppo as well, actually, with the Reno range that launched in China recently. They've all taken on this slab-sided approach again. I guess like Apple yeah. did it, so they're like, it's okay now. Yeah, bravery, yeah, yeah. exactly. We can, all, we can all go back to flat-sided phones again. Hooray. <laughs> yeah, I don't hate it. I, I will say, you know, having been using the Vivo V23, I think I spoke back, spoke about this briefly last week, talking about the Pro model, but because most Android phones are narrower than most iPhones, as a hand-feel thing, I think they actually work better for the straight sides than the iPhones do, whereas I find the iPhones a bit uncomfortable with those straight edges because of how wide the phones are. Um, that's not to defend the kind of stylistic choice of these brands because, yeah, I mean, it's obviously just a shameless Apple's done it. We want to put out phones that kind of look like iPhones. And that is obviously the thinking that's going on here. But, yeah, I will say if you hesitate about it because you're worried about the comfort because that was obviously a knock that a lot of the iPhones got when they made that switch, uh, I actually think it perversely suits Android phones better, broadly speaking, but I still prefer curved, curved edges. I think so far it's only Chinese phone makers who've done it as well. I was just trying to think. I was like, Motorola done one? I know they are technically Chinese now, but yeah. I don't think so. And Samsung hasn't. I think Samsung probably won't. No, I can't imagine we'll they would. Um, cool. Anyway, yeah. So 
They are uh, Rebel Note Eleven series is. Uh, I mean, out now in the sense that it's been announced, I think with these things, it tends to be a pretty grey area for each country and market as to when it, they're actually on sale. And although there are four phones, they are not all going on sale everywhere in the UK where we're based. The regular Note 11 and the Note 11 Pro 5G are coming out, but the S and the kind of 4G Pro are not. So yeah, you know, if you're actually interested, have a look which one's out where you are. But yeah, that's the range they are. I think a pretty solid start in the 2022 budget phone walls. I think this kind of sets the bar fairly high, at least on a pure spec basis. So Realme and all the other Xiaomi subsidiaries uh, <laughs> have their work cut out for them in, in matching these. So I'm curious to see what they come up with. Yeah. All right, let's talk, uh, having name dropped Samsung a second ago, let's talk S21 FE, uh, which is the... I mean, we moaned about OnePlus's release cycle, but we've spoken as well. Samsung also got this all wrong. And this is kind of the crux of how you have to talk about this phone is it was first tipped to launch maybe last August. Then everyone thought it was going to be October. Then everyone thought it was cancelled. And then it ended up launching just this month earlier in, in January at CES. It ended up launching 11 and a half months after the S21, I think, or maybe it's 10 and a half. Um, either way, around 11 months, almost a full year after the rest of the S21 range launched. And as we now know, uh, almost exactly one month before the S22s are arriving. And everyone kind of knew that at the time this one got announced as well. And you can tell, obviously, Samsung wanted to give it a bit of breathing room before they announced the S22 launch. But I think most people who were aware of the FE would also be kind of aware the S22 was, was looming. And... Yeah, I'm in this funny position with this phone where I broadly really like it. I think it's a lovely piece of hardware in a sort of upper mid-range, lower flagship kind of space. I think it looks really nice. The specs are really impressive. The camera's been really solid. But I don't think you should buy it because it should have come out six months ago and it probably should have been cheaper than it is. And if they'd at least managed one of those two things, it would have been a good buy. If they'd managed both of them, it would have been an amazing buy. As it is, I don't think anyone should buy it. I mean, it's, it's, we are now getting this kind of like influx of products that either never materialized or, or were delayed like this. Like we're going to yep. probably have the same conversation when we talk more about the P50 range yep. when that like comes uh, to when we've done our reviews and stuff. Um, also, just touching on the last point there, we're talking about how Samsung probably won't adopt the straight sides. But then I really held that up and it reminded me I did see it briefly the other week. It's the closest to a straight-sided Samsung I think we've seen in a while. Yeah, a while, because it, it is a flat display and the the edge is a bit curved. It's not it's not actually yeah, rigidly yeah. straight like an iPhone is, but it is kind of and there's a little bit of curvature on on the back. There's corner. a definite like juck like but, split between the two materials, yeah. finishes, angles. Yeah, uh, and in terms of material, it's um, Gorilla Glass Victus on the front, which is pretty solid for what it is. Aluminium frame and plastic slash polycarbonate back, basically the same build as what you got on the base S21. So pretty much the same build quality as a regular S21. No glass back, but neither did that phone. Um, design language is what we're roughly expecting to see with the S22. So it's very similar to the S21, except that the camera matches the rest of the body. Um, I really like it. I do, you know, if, if I had one big thing to say in to give this in favor of the regular S21, I prefer the look of it. I think it looks nicer than the kind of contrasting colors they did before and those very 
chromey reflective camera modules they did last year i didn't love that but so I, I do think this looks better but again this is weird caveat where you're like but all the leaks tell us this is what the s22 is going to look like in two weeks as well so you know if it's the design that swung you you could also wait a couple weeks if it had landed roughly around say between august and october last year do you feel like it's a worthwhile upgrade on the S20 recipe or upgrade, you know what I mean? Like a revision, I should say, of the S21 recipe. Um, if it if it landed at the same price as it, as it has landed now, but mm. say what, I think six months earlier. Yeah, the same, uh, launching six-ish months ago at the same price it is now, it would still have walked into the baited trap that is the Pixel 6 price. Because mm. this is 100 bucks more than the Pixel 6 in the States, and that is a relatively hard sell for this over the Pixel 6. And that would have been the problem no matter what. Um, in terms of its relation to the S21 range, yeah, I think it's solid. The The, the funny thing is they haven't... You, you try and start comparing it to the S21, and they haven't changed all that much. It's got basically the same display. It's a Snapdragon 888, so it's basically the same chipset. Um, in fact, it's the same as that. It's a Snapdragon 888 in some markets, Exynos uh, 2100 in others, though it's more Snapdragons than the S21 range had. So... If you are, you might have a bit better chances finding a Snapdragon model because Europe gets a Snapdragon for this, which I know a lot of people care about. Um, Where it gets the yeah. Exynos? Uh, Australia Korea. has oh, it. Random. I think I heard that India does, but I'm not certain. So there are a few places with Exynos models, but mm. um, more Snapdragon, mostly Snapdragon. Um, yeah, the the camera's different. Um, that's the main drop you're getting. Um, display quality is the same, but it's in that sweet spot where it sits in between the S21 and the 21 Plus. So the S21 is a 6.2 inch display. The Plus model was a 6.7 6 inch display. And this is a 6.4 inch display. So it is a bit in that Goldilocks space where if you thought the S21 was a bit too small, but the Plus model felt like a big phone, this it feels like a normal size and it doesn't feel like either like a small phone or a big phone by modern Android standards. So I think a lot of people will find this hits the sweet point on the size. Um, you still get an IP68 rating. You still get wireless charging. You still get a, it's a 4,500 milliamp hour battery, which again, I think sits just in between those two S21 models in terms of size. So even more so than with, <clears throat> than with the last FE phone, on the specs, this really feels on a par with the rest of that range. It's just the camera, basically, where it's dropped a little bit. It's still a pretty good camera, but it is you know, not quite the same tier of camera performance. So, yeah, I think six months ago, this could have looked like a really solid offering for the price it was, where you basically say it's a £100, $100 price drop from an S21 for people who don't care as much about the camera, but like the rest of it. I have a sneaking suspicion this is going to be a phone that does well in carrier retailer shops and places like that where yep. people aren't as driven by what's the un what's under the hood. And they just go, oh, this is the new S21 phone. Exactly. And yep. it's got new colors and it's probably going to get paired with a smartwatch or some headphones or something or yep. other. And yeah, it's it's upgraded or revised over the S21 that came out a year ago, so it's better. Like that's how it will get pitched, and that's exactly it. If you can yeah. successfully pitch to someone that it's as good as or better than the yeah. S21, then sure you're going to win people over. Anyone who kind of is in the know that it's not really exactly. necessarily as good is going to start looking and probably realize that hey, 
well, the S21 is cheaper than this now. Because it is, you know, I checked on Amazon right now in the UK, I could buy a regular S21 for £30 less than an S21 wow. FE. So, and this is partly the problem they had before with the FE, where it came out a little too far from the original S20, but it's just exacerbated this year. And yeah, the S21 is a cheaper phone now. So this is worse than the S21, but costs more. Uh, there is one caveat to that, which is maybe noteworthy, which is because of the delay, this ships with Android 12, but it has the same three OS version update. Promise. That's cool. So this, the FE will get Android 15, but the 21 will in theory cap at 14. That's quite cool, actually. So that is the one reason <laughs> you might point to someone and say, hey, actually, the FE makes more sense. So even at the same price, you're getting a slightly worse camera. But you're getting one more year of software support. Yeah. And for a lot of people, that is a sensible trade-off. So that's kind of the one person I'd say, if you want these and you really are thinking longevity, you want this phone to last you another three or four years, this is going to last a year longer than an S21, at least from a software support perspective. A uh, couple of practical questions, I guess. Does the 6.4 inch, is it still one, can you still use that phone one-handed with the 6.4 inch screen or is it just on the... I think this is the size you can use one-handed comfortably. I think get, yeah. this is, you know, you get much bigger than this and it wouldn't wouldn't work so well. But yeah, I think a 6.4-inch display on an Android these days, you know, it's still pretty slim bezels and, and stuff like that. It's still a relatively yeah. thin device. So I, I personally find it comfortable enough one-handed, but I don't know, maybe I've got big hands. And the other thing, I think, which Lewis just had a picture up of the, uh, the colors that it comes in, which I think we touched on briefly when they said they're actually mm. launching the phone. But I still don't think... I would like the muted tones they've gone for, generally speaking, especially the purple, which I think you have, Don. Yeah, is that right? the, the lavender. So hard to see on the camera. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, when I saw it in person, it looks harsh. really nice. It's like a really nice powder lavender. It's a very, it's very nice good. color, yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, I, I don't, I feel like they should have done what the iPhone, the base numbered iPhone does and have all the colors. And I feel like they could, they just needed more colors, but I guess that was maybe part of the whole delays can, and whatnot yeah there there i think there is also a navy blue one that's a carrier exclusive in the states right. um yeah i they did because the s20 fe launched in six? six or eight colors yeah it's it a lot, it a lot. yeah and it was a big part of the hook and the pitch yeah. they had for that phone at the time so either that that didn't work and they found that a couple of the colors Rude. just didn't sell maybe we don't know or yeah, my best guess is it's purely just a question of the practicalities of of chip shortages and everything, getting everything out. And if you're going to find a way to ease the pressure on your manufacturing pipeline, I think cutting down on a couple of colorways has got to be one of the easiest ways to do that. I mean, we saw uh, Google do that with the Pixel 5a, mm. right? If I'm getting everything right, where that one just came out in black. Yeah. And there'd been talk that they had more colors planned, but they were just like, no, we're just doing a black one now because... Hey, that streamlines the whole operation. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, even the uh, was it Chris? You had the four AXL. Didn't that only come in black as well? It was just um, the five that had the two colors, like black and green, and that was it. They were pretty conservative. I th yeah, I think you're right. Mm. Oh man, sad. I'm all for crazy colors. <laughs> I mean, again, you'll talk about it when we get to the P50 Pocket in a week or how, however long yep. away. But the uh, finishes on that are a little bit more interesting. That pretty well. <laughs> but no, I do I do like the design of this. I like this color yeah. a lot, this purple, even if it doesn't show up well on camera right now. Um, I really like the feel. I like the fact that the um, it's, this is going to be even harder to see, but the camera module does just blend into the body. 
really like they that. don't look discreet it looks like it's a single piece of plastic which again i just like the look of it it works for me much better than the standard s21 aesthetic so that would be another reason to grab this one over over a base s21 i guess is if you like me think that this one actually looks a bit nicer and you're going to get that extra year of software support so you know for all of my you shouldn't buy this phone i think there are compelling reasons why someone might at least measuring it up against an s21 it's not a complete non-starter but yeah it's tough and and in the us this is 100 bucks more than the pixel 6 and again they the things you're going to be looking at are basically maybe you prefer the look of this to the pixel 6 i certainly do though other people will disagree um this one has a telephoto lens so it's got more versatility than a pixel 6 camera but the main lens on the Pixel 6 is definitely better than this one. This is pros and cons, but, you know, I, I'd be weighing it up with pros and cons if they were the same price. When the Pixel 6 is 100 cheaper, it's just, no, buy that one. It's, it's the better phone. We should is, it, it probably won't be long before it is the same price or potentially I mean, even less. It, like, give it yeah. literally a month or maybe two months. I know. And, and I can almost guarantee Samsung will knock $100, $150 off that phone. It's what's so tricky when you end up, you know, it's hard in a way reviewing a phone when a lot of what your verdict kind of comes down to is the price because you always feel like, well, I'm reviewing the price at launch, but especially for Samsung, and well, Samsung aren't the worst, but for, for you know, non-Apple brands, um, prices will drop. They will drop relatively fast and they will change. Like I said, the, we're now 11, 12 months after its launch and the S21 has dropped by about £150 in the UK. And that's, you know, right now, that's not in a big sales season. That's just the general price it's selling for on Amazon at the moment. So yeah, this will change. But that does then just add to my sense that Samsung shot itself in the foot here and that once it knew it was putting the phone out six months late, it should have taken at least $50 off the price tag. Yeah. And if it had done, this would look a lot more sensible and be a lot a lot closer to a good purchase and, and a sensible purchase for most people. And it'd be a much easier recommendation if it was 50 or 100 cheaper. At 100 cheaper, I'd really be like, yeah, this is great. It's, you know, you can probably still get more bang for your buck from other brands, but it's a compelling offering at that price. Yeah. At $700, 700 pounds, it's sort of, well, it's not bad. Uh, but <laughs> we've yeah. tasted that pixel camera now we know how good it is exactly <laughs> google really you know google went aggressive on its pricing and they they did very well in that um even one of the other things i was looking at you know other phone prices that are better than this um this is a bit cheaper than an iphone 13 but it's more expensive than an iphone 13 mini so I know that's a different screen size and that, you know, attracts a different audience in that sense. But still, you can get one of the current iPhone range at full price for less than this, which is meant to be Samsung's reduced price model. <laughs> and again, you just start looking that's at that tough. and being like, something's gone wrong here. It makes no you sense. Know, the way this market yeah. pricing has landed just, it doesn't add up right. Yeah, if, if the meter stick is Apple and your your affordable option is yeah. <laughs> within their price range, then you've messed up somewhere. Exactly. It's just, it's all gone a bit wrong. And I think that's part of the problem is, it's also unclear, is the FE meant to be the affordable option? Because again, I run through the spec list and everything's the same as the S21, basically, except the camera. You know, that's really the main area they've changed stuff. So it doesn't feel like they're going for affordable option, but the fact that they do offer it at a reduced price makes you think it is and the messaging just gets very weird, weird as to who this yeah. is for. You know, even more once you throw in the fact that the FE stands for fan edition. And the last yeah. thing you can think of is, for the fans, we made the camera worse. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, that's the what fans the, the are fans, fans were clamoring for. Yeah, thanks, guys. 
Well, I, I do want to know whether the telephoto on the FE is better or worse than the telephoto on the regular S21. That would be interesting to see side by side because there's more actual optical zoom. Yeah, I'd like to do some proper side by side comparisons or at least dig up our S21 camera samples and, and try my best to compare them. I haven't been able to do that yet. I mean, I will say the camera here is good. It's not flawless and it's not as good as in general as the, the main S21 stuff, but it's a pretty solid setup and the telephoto does does feel decent. Um, even even the night mode stuff, I've been pretty happy with the results I, I got from it in night mode stuff and, and things like that. Um, and there's OIS on the main camera and on the telephoto. Um, you also get a higher resolution selfie camera than the S21s. I haven't, again, compared directly to see if it's a better selfie camera. Is it, it is higher resolution. Yeah. Yeah. Because the S21 Ultra had a 40 meg that binned yeah. down to 10 meg images. So this yep. seems like a... Like, if it does the same tricks, then... I think this is a 32 fine. that bins to 8. Yeah, um, that's yeah. hopefully fine if it does the same kind of stuff as the, the S21 yeah. Ultra. So it is a different selfie camera to the S21, but whether that is a better selfie camera, I wouldn't want to make that promise. Um, but yeah, so I'm still mixed about this, this phone. I haven't finalize my written review which is going to be going up on the site really soon because i'm honestly partly keep umming and ahhing about how to how to score it and how to mm. put it in that place because so much of its problems just feel like well it's just six months late and six months ago i would give this half the star more than i'm inclined to now and, and things like that and, and the pricing feels a bit funny but as chris said if you wait two months that price will change and and more so than ever because it, the price is always going to change but hey the s22 is about to come out so guess what's going to happen to the price of every phone with S21 in the name? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then again, that's a double-edged sword because guess what's going to happen to the price of the regular S21? It's going to go down. It's probably going to go down faster than the price of this phone. Yeah. Then it's so, really just screen size, I guess, is what you're for, like yeah. deliberating over. If you point. think that 6.4-inch display is like, that's the sweet spot for you, that's the size you want, cool, buy this one. But at that point, it's almost like, well, why doesn't this just launch with the other ones as a, you know, S21, S21 mid and S21 plus and have them like that. But then they it's... have done this before with the, was it the Note Lite, Note 10 Lite, I think it was, mm -hmm. came out like seven months on from, from its predecessor. Along right with the S10 Lite at the same time. And the S10 Lite, that's, yeah, that was even yeah. a better example. Yeah. That was a 2020 phone for a 2019 yep. range. And it was very confusing. Well, it was the same thing. I mean, the FEs are what the lights were. They just changed branding yeah. and clearly whereas Lite didn't work as well as confusing fe brand that no one really understands so but i used to it, hate light branding it was so it, it, i didn't know what it meant really because it like it was, it was like the, the budget anything. version but it wasn't quite it's, budget and yeah. when yeah. it's attached to a flagship line it makes no sense yeah the exactly. super expensive flagship phone cheap edition like but a light okay version. was it cheap no uh is it a flagship no <laughs> so <laughs> and then when apple brought back se then we had other companies also using se and light yeah, for different like product <laughs> lines, but they were basically the same spec. It was yeah. This is where Google does it better with just literally having the A on the end. And yes, which is meaningless, yeah. but it gets meaning by being used enough. And now we all know yeah. A. It just yeah. it means the cheaper version. Yeah, cool. A doesn't fine. stand a. for anything, but yeah. Yeah, we, we all know it's, a. it's the, the mid-range <laughs> budget version. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, Samsung has the problem where it also has <clears throat> its A series, which is in theory its cheaper range of phones and. But you, it runs up to the the A72, and we're expecting an A73. But they're priced pretty close to where an S21 yeah. FE sits, so <laughs> they it really, really seem overpriced waters, to me at launch. Yeah, it muddies the waters. Um, but yeah, this is the same space 
that I feel like Samsung is all too often in when it starts trying to do mid-range devices, which is it just cannot compete with the Chinese OEMs and get that spec to price balance correct. And it always prices too high. And I'm disappointed, I guess, because the S20 FE still had that problem a bit, but did feel like a corrective step. It felt like they were actively trying to compete with OnePlus and Xiaomi and had figured it out and they hadn't gone far enough, but they're taking a step in the right direction. And this feels like a step back in terms of the kind of the way they've priced it and positioned it. Yeah. Which is a bit of a waste of resources. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, like you know, funny notes on this, and I know this is an old, you know, thing with Samsung, so it's not super unusual, but you know, on charging, this has wireless charging, which is great, but the wired charging is 25 watts. The cheapest of those Redmi Note 11 phones is 33 watt charging. Yeah. <laughs> like the worst of those, that one that's less than 200 bucks yeah. has faster Ooh. charging than this does. And I and think in China, the Pro Plus model, which we were not getting anywhere else, has 120 watts as well in that range. Yeah. So, right. <laughs> um, so, and yeah, Samsung has its own reasons for being very cautious on charging speeds, which we, we all know too well. But yeah, it still is the sort of thing that begins to stick in the teeth a bit. You, you feel a bit like, how high end is this really in, in funny sorts of ways? Um, which is a good segue to turn to our final review, the Moto G200, because this is a phone that in a way is the polar opposite in that they have taken an extraordinarily aggressive spec list and crammed it down into a really affordable price tag. Yeah. And if you were to put the S21 FE and the Moto G200 side by side on paper, I'm pretty sure the G200 beats it spec for spec almost while coming in at a little over half the price. So pretty impressive. That's the (laughs) problem we have with the Samsung. Uh, So Lewis, why don't you run us through a bit more on, on what we're getting here? Yeah, so um, like you say, it's it's kind of it's the most premium mid-range phone I've seen for a while, um, if that makes any sense. <laughs> because you've got the, like the arc, the headline spec is it's got the Snapdragon eight 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 plus, which mm. it's fairly you know it's not the latest anymore, but up until about a month ago it was. So you know that you're still getting really top tier performance. It's still there. the latest you can buy in a phone in the West. I uh, think. Yeah, that, that I, we don't fun. have any eight yeah. one phones in the West yet. <laughs> no, we, we, I keep updating our rumors and leaks on the Motorola X30 or Motorola 30 Pro, as it's supposedly going to be called, yeah. which is meant to be this phone, but we still don't have it yet. Injury will get it first, but no one's got it yet. So, yeah. Well, in that case, top spec, <laughs> so this top is spec the most processor. powerful chipset on the market yep. in the West for at <laughs> in least West. another week or two. <laughs> so, yeah, no, so that's obviously the headline, but it's not just about the. Um, the Snapdragon, so it's paired with 8 gigabytes of RAM and 128 gig of storage standard. Um, but you can't expand that this time. They did take away the SD card slot, which is a bit of a disappointment. But, I mean, it's it's something that a lot of people are doing these days, I suppose. I haven't really seen SD cards in many phones. Um, I mean, especially the move to the cloud. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, It, it becomes less and less important, How many people yeah. want physical expandable storage yeah. these days? I know some people do, but... I think as long as you've, more got, more you've got enough... Concern. As long as you've got enough base storage there, then you don't really need to worry. And I think 128 gig for for most people, that's enough. Um, yeah, that's, you know, yeah. I'm not filling that up anytime soon. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no place on that front. Subscribe anyway. So yeah, exactly. Um, and but I think the the main thing for me is that it's a big phone. Like this is a big. So this is a 6.8 inch display on the front. That's uh, 0.1 inches bigger than last year's one. Um, and that's just it, about like ultra phone size. Yeah, for, it, for it really is. So yeah, it's, it's getting close to the eight, S21 Ultra, Mi 11 yeah. Ultra. It's a 20, yeah. it's a 20 by 9 aspect ratio. So, yeah, it's a very tall one. But I think it's basically, I noticed it's 
not that much thicker, uh, thinner, sorry, than the uh, 13 Pro Max. And it's oh, actually oh, yeah. taller than the 13 Pro Max. Let me get that up on the camera. Is so, that, yeah, this, uh, this is what's the, the fit and finish like? Because that looks pretty premium as well. Like, yeah. Is that plastic back or glass back? So, yeah, it is, is a plastic back, um, oh, but okay. it, it, it's nice it, finish. It, yeah, it, it catches the lights so well. Like, uh, it doesn't mm. really, I can't really get it here because it's just my indoor lights here. But um, when I was out taking photos of it, like, it just it shimmers in the lights so nicely, and especially around the uh, the camera at the top here. It's just got a really nice effect to it. It's a little bit of a fingerprint magnet, but there's not much you can do. And yeah, people do complain about the plastic, but once you get over that initial, you know, it's not cold in the hand, essentially. It doesn't make much of a difference overall. If anything, it's a little bit more durable than what you get from a competing glass back. Um, I'd feel a little bit more comfortable getting letting this drop than I would an iPhone or something like that. It uh, does also tend to make phones a bit lighter, and especially for a phone that size, that's got to yeah. be worth something. Yeah, that's a good point. yeah, it's not exactly. It's, it's definitely um, compared to kind of the gaming phones that have that similar size display and and all that extra added heft. This is definitely a lot lighter than, uh, yeah. and especially even the iPhone. I think it's about two hundred and two grams, so it's not lightweight. But for a phone of that yeah, size, that size that's about twenty grams lighter than than the, the Mi 11 Ultra or, yeah. or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So, I, I have to say, yeah, I'm with you that I think plastic backs are sometimes unfairly maligned. Yeah. Um, you know, I haven't been talking about that, you know, with, with the S21 FE. It's, no, it's never bothered me that it's got a plastic back. No, exactly. Um, yeah, I don't see the issue there. Well, I it understand for a lot of people it feels yeah. like a, a step They can back. be nice and... Mm. It, it, it more depends on the what sort of finish they put on it. Like yeah, that, the texture. That matte, yeah, this is it. Yeah, the finish of the kind of FE looks really nice. This one's yeah, got um, a nice little matte to it as well. It's not quite. It's still. It's got that matte surface, but then reflective underneath. So you kind of got this weird best of both worlds thing with this. I mean, I really like the finish. I think the design of this is one of its strong points. I think it's a really nice phone. It looks great, uh, and I love the camera bump. Uh, I think I was saying this in the pre-show chat. But it's kind of, it's weird. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get this up on the camera because of my NVIDIA uh, broadcast being a bit glitchy. But it kind of, it's like a, a, a tapered a, camera a tapered bump. wedge. Yeah, it's like a Is tapered it, yeah, wedge. A wedge shape. It kind of just disappears into it. So there's no like kind of not noticeable end like you'd get with all, mm. some of the others. Um, I didn't notice it when I first got it because obviously it comes with a case. Um, so yeah, just completely missed that. But when I popped the case off, I was like, oh, this is a nice little extra added touch. Um uh, so before we go on to the cameras and stuff, I just want to say a couple more things about this big old chunky display because it's not just a 6.8 inch 20 by 9 aspect ratio display. It also has 144 hertz refresh rate, which nice. is solidly in gamer phone territory. Um, it's up from the 120 hertz from last year. No, it's up in 90 or 120 last year, so it's quite a jump. I think it was um, 90 on the G100. Yeah, I think, I think I'm, I'm, I'm leaning towards the 90, I think. But yeah. So yeah, that's a an impressive jump up was it, the only oh, it's definitely one of those phones that's in that space like you said in a gamer phone spec space which yeah. we're seeing a little bit more of now which is phones that are consciously going for that extra high refresh rate top spec chip but not all the rgb leds yeah. and angular designs yeah. and that kind of thing and, and it's cool good. that stuff's still out there but this looks more like a normal phone but equally, if you are actually do, you know, if you do play a lot of mobile games and want something mm -hmm. pretty high end for that, this does tick that box. It definitely feels like that's who they're going for. I think if you're the average phone buyer who doesn't play games, this is probably not the phone for you because the spec list is so balanced in one direction. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it doesn't make a lot of sense for things because the big compromise there is it's an LCD rather than an AMOLED. I was about to say, yeah, that is the yeah. one complaint mm -hmm. is that it's LCD. Um, I don't 
mind that too much, but I think that's maybe this. I'm just conditioned over so many years of using iPhones with LCDs, only moving to OLED <laughs> in the last couple of years. I'm just like, LCD is fine. It's, I don't, I, there's no problem with LCD. No, I mean, obviously, the, the colors aren't quite as vibrant and the blacks aren't quite as deep, but in general use, I don't think that's going to matter to most people, especially people that are buying a £400 phone and not something that costs the grand £1,200. Well, um, like the, 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 the gamer talk, like it, it's come around again. I, I think you reviewed the G100 and I think at the time you said that was sort of a covert affordable gaming yeah. phone. It looks like they've repeated the recipe. I think it's, it's, and... it's awkward uh, because they've got the ready for things. So I think they also want it to be powerful enough yes. to power their ready yes. for desktop thing. Um, yeah, right. And that was the big push with the G100 is that they wanted this to be a desktop experience as well as a mobile one. So I think that's why they crammed it in the first time. Um, but this time around, they don't put the... Because the first time, they, they bundled the Ready for Dock in the box to be like, come on, you can use this on a computer. You know, it is it's okay. This time, they're like, okay, people don't really care about that. Let's just uh, try and save a little bit of money here. So it is cheaper this time around. It's £50, 50 pounds cheaper oh, wow. than it was in cool. uh, the UK last year. Uh, does so it, it still, still support the Ready for stuff? If you it does. It does support it, yeah. yeah. So yeah. if you, you can get uh, yourself a third-party dock... I mean, to be honest, you can get yourself a USB-C to HDMI cable and it basically does the, the same yeah. thing. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, it's still all there if you want to use it. I've, I've, you know, I've tested it in the past. It's, it's okay. It's about as good as, you know, DeX or any of the others are. It's, it's a niche <laughs> perspective, but if you've yeah. got a use for it, it's, it's, it's there. I mean, the number of get... times Motorola specifically has tried to get a desktop experience out of their mobile devices is like, I've lost count now. Like, I think they're more than any other company. They've been pushing it for They're so determined for it. Point. Yeah, they're so desperate. determined. I guess it's partly, you know, I mean, if they're owned by Lenovo, so they're part of that whole setup. And I do wonder if there's that spe space that comes probably partly from Lenovo and maybe partly from Motorola's own history and brand place that they could be a phone that companies buy en masse for employees yes you know yeah, like motorola is a pretty like safe brand device. to be like to sell, sell as enterprise devices exactly mm. and for an it guy to go and buy a thousand of them um and you know having this kind of feature makes sense for that and motorola just feels trusted enough lenovo has experience shipping enterprise products and stuff like that in a way that maybe you wouldn't not every android brand feels positioned to fill yeah. that kind of niche and motorola are i have no idea what the uptake there is if people do buy them as, as enterprise devices, but they certainly feel like they're in a position where if that market exists, they could capitalize on it more than yeah, most. For sure. One um, of my main questions is to do with why it's a Moto G, um, because obviously <laughs> historically the Moto G range has always been, you know, budget. You know, we had the G1, the G2, G3, G4, and we still have Moto Gs that are budget. And, yeah. But there's also the Edge 20 range, which... <laughs> that feels like the mid-range Motorola's. Yeah. So then this one, like I didn't really know much about this or the G100, but I was surprised to find, you know, they're so premium. Yeah, I mean, I first was, but the G100 was an Edge. Yeah, I was like, China, I would direct right? you to it China's was, yeah. Moto yeah. Edge S from last yeah. year or whenever it was, because that was the G100. Is the, think, was the G200 an edge in China? I, I can't remember. I'm not I don't sure. think so. I, I didn't see anything about it. Yeah, no. I think I think it's just the same as every other Motorola branding. It's just Motorola's terrible at branding. There's no rhyme or reason to it. They just <laughs> picked a number and and a letter out of the hat, and they were like, "Yeah, that'll do." And that's genuinely why I just can't understand Motorola's branding, like the process behind it. So I, I genuinely think that's what they do these it, days. It, it should be, you know, they, it used to be very clear with the E G X Z, yeah, you know, going up in that order. And so just like just this could be an X easily, like oh, easily, yeah. I mean, I think the 
the, the affordable G phones, the budgety ones, they sold so well that Motorola then just wanted to use the G branding. Yeah, yeah. I suppose you're to right. To just yeah. make just sales, even if it doesn't people, really people work. I've never heard of the G, but what's the E? I've never heard of the E. People know yeah. of Moto yeah. G, so yeah. yeah. Um, so I should probably point out as well, there is a little bit of um, a bit of weirdness going on with that Snapdragon 888 Plus because um, during my benchmarks, it benchmarked at the same or slightly less than Snapdragon 888-powered phones like the uh, the Mi 11 and the Samsung Galaxy S21, like a good couple of hundred points less. And it's not just my sample because I looked on a few other reviews and they're all commenting similar things. So I'm just like... How was know, thermals? Was it hot? Yeah. It didn't feel hot in the hand. Like, it felt absolutely fine. Like, this is why I couldn't understand. I couldn't, there was no, no notable throttling that I could see uh, yeah. during the benchmarking. Right. But it just benchmarked I, I slightly less. Same, I had the same with this, and it, it ran a bit below the average for an 888, but it got hot. Not not uh, hot, right, hot, but it got yeah. warm during benchmarks. Yeah, yeah. So it's, yeah. Like, yeah it's, it's heat management. Yeah, I mean, and, I even... And the 888s were pretty bad for heat management, and I'm sure the 8088 Plus is, is worse. Yeah. But, but it's just, I, I mean, I, I didn't is, notice it um, when I was doing it. I kind of left a bit of time between them because I thought there might have been a thermal um, yeah. problem. I kind of left it a bit of time before I reran the test again. But yeah, similar kind of numbers, and I was just like, oh. It could mean they're throttling to prevent a thermal problem rather than yeah. there is Maybe, a thermal yeah. problem which is throttling that, yeah that would make sense i mean it's actually. the funny thing they obviously they have the experience in making the lenovo legion devices which you know you will use all these high-end bits and i'm, I'm sure there, there is a legion with the 888 plus in it um but yeah the, the it's the one downside of buying one of these gaming phones that has gaming <laughs> phone specs but not gaming phone design is probably mm-hmm. they don't bother to put in the gaming phone cooling systems yeah I know it does this... slightly limit how much you're going to get the, that max with, yeah. out of the chip. With the um, the ZT Axon 30 Ultra last year, I I, rec- I, I realized after um, reviewing it that I ran some extra benchmarks. And in those, I, it was like the, the high-end, high-end benchmarks. And it turned itself off after 20 minutes because it got so <laughs> hot that it was just like, I'm not doing this. Like the whole phone shut down until it cooled down. And I was like, wow, that's how bad the thermals can get on some of these phones. You know, it's not all about the top-level specs. But I mean, <clears throat> with that being said... Uh, the performance is still top notch. You know, you're getting 144 hertz refresh rate. That translates to a nice, silky smooth experience as you're scrolling yep. through. There's no jittering or lag that I noticed. Um, it can still run uh, for the gamers. It can run uh, Call of Duty Mobile and stuff like that with max um, textures enabled. Ooh. So I really haven't got a complaint about the performance and stuff like that. It's just it was just an interesting little bit of data that I thought. I'd it's, yeah, it's a full HD display resolution. Uh, full HD plus. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I did just check as well. The I mentioned the in China the Motorola Edge X30, which has the HM1. They also launched at the same time the S30, which is basically this phone for China. So that's what this year's oh, version of right, that is. Okay. So, yep. so yeah, which I have written about. I I just would be didn't yep. put the pieces together. <laughs> it, it's the same design, everything. So hashtag so easy phones. <laughs> Always, always. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the cameras because it's got, as you can you can see, there's a, there's three of them on the back. They're not all usable. Surprise, surprise. Um, so you've got a, the main camera is really good. 108 megapixel, um, fairly high res. Uh, then it's backed up by an ultra wide that is actually a little bit worse than last year's model. Um, so that was, uh, that was a 16 megapixel. It was dropped down to an eight. Um, oh, that's quite a jump. Yeah, it's half halving that that res. That takes kind of pixel binning off the table, really. Yeah, there's no pixel binning here. There is for the main mode, but not for the ultra wide. And then that no. is backed up by a what a surprise a two megapixel depth sensor. Uh, 
absolute favorite yeah <laughs> um so yeah the, the the main 108 megapixel is, is where it's at most of the time i didn't spend a lot of time using the ultra wide i mean the ultra wide's mm. fine um mm. but there is more noticeable distortion around the edges than what i'd like um i think a lot of other manufacturers spent the last few years kind of fixing that with software if, if not the hardware yeah. you know and kind of straightening up those edges a little bit at the side so it's not quite as fish eye as it, as it once were but um there is still a bit of that effect with the uh the G200. But yeah, the, the main 108 megapixel uh, uses 91 pixel binning tech. So it reduces it right down. Um, obviously, bumping up the light and stuff like that. And with that enabled, I was pleasantly surprised by the quality of the pictures, especially for the price of the phone. You know, 400 quid, I'm not expecting anything too amazing. Um, obviously, that's in kind of outdoor conditions, you know, the ideal conditions for taking photos. It, they do look great, and that it does fall off a little bit once you come inside, but that's not too much of a surprise, I don't think. I was going to ask, how is it in like night mode and low light and stuff like that? You yeah. kind of answered that a little bit already. Because yeah. I asked because uh, the spec list I'm looking at, it doesn't look like there's any o OIS. No. Which is not. going to be the big limit in, yeah. in low light. So you, you do get, there is, it does, yeah, there is light available when the, low, when the light levels go down. It is okay at it. But yeah, without the OIS and uh, like a, a decent night mode, it's not. You know, it's it's far from the best at, at yeah. dark uh, at photography at night. Um, there is 8K video, though, for those that want cool. it. But That's pretty cool. Who wants it? <laughs> Just <laughs> nobody wants thing to say you can yeah. do, though. That's yeah, cool. exactly. You've got 8K. There's no stabilization on it whatsoever, so it will be shaky <laughs> as hell. Um, but it's there if you want it. I recommend going to 4K at 60. So much nicer. Um, if but, I could do yeah. an 8K video time lapse, that'd be cool. That'd be pretty like, cool. Like from a tripod or something. Yeah, mm -hmm. that would make things a little bit easier. But... Um, it, it's a funny phone though because the specs are so high in some areas that it throws me off trying to judge it so you know in my head there and noticing that it didn't have oas i was a bit like oh that's rubbish and then you remember it's a 400 pound phone yeah i wouldn't normally knock a 400 pound phone for not having oas but i expect to knock a snapdragon 8088 plus phone with 144 <laughs> hertz refresh rate that phone seems like a phone that should have oas because that phone should be an 800 pound phone you know um so it is such a funny one. It's obviously so specific and where it's strong refresh rate and and kind of core processor and, and yeah. decent sized battery and that kind of thing. And then it's a fine in camera, but a bit weaker. And, you know, the display is built for gaming, but it's not AMOLED. So it's maybe not the best screen for watching Netflix on or, yeah. or photography or that kind of thing. But for what it wants to do, it, it definitely sounds like it's doing it very yeah. well and at a price that I'm still pretty blown away. Motorola never used to release phones at this with that kind of spec to price relationship. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's, it's so competitive. And, you know, we also have to, to consider that unlike a lot of the rivals, it's near stock Android as well. Like, it yes. is clean. Yep. Um, and usually Motorola's editions are, like, welcome editions. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I love yeah. the Moto mods. Not Moto mods, whatever they're called. The Moto yeah, shortcut the Moto things. actions and things. Yeah. That's it, the actions, yeah. yeah. Um, like, chop to turn on the... The flashlight so and stuff good. like that and twist <laughs> to turn the camera and all that all those fun things i i yeah out of all the kind of skins and stuff i do like the little additions from remote rollers and they're, they're, they have added sure. a little bit extra so you can customize the theme a little bit more this time um but i mean not for me but it's there if if you want to have a go at that the only downside to the software is that they've promised one update 
That was going to be my, my question. Mm-hmm. And it's starting on 11, right? It's starting so on 11, so it's getting like 12. to 12. Yeah, so they got, they got in hot water for the Edge 20 series, and it looks like yeah. the same is true for the uh, G200. What a shame. Yeah, that's, uh, that is, that is, yeah, that is disappointing, because I think that is the one thing that is holding it back. Uh, I'm not too sure about the security updates. I've got to imagine it's a little bit longer than, uh, than a year for that. <laughs> um, <hope> so. <laughs> but, it is yeah. definitely, the security update thing feels like a point of pressure that is hitting a lot, hitting the big... American manufacturer, or rather the brands that sell in America, and it's becoming a big point. You know, Google and Samsung are both making big points about this, and we're seeing if you're. I guess Motorola, to be fair, does sell well in America, and they're not included. But yeah, for whatever reason, it doesn't feel like most of the Chinese OEMs are feeling a lot of pressure on the Android update front. They're just a lot of them are not really engaging with it too much. They're still happy oh, yeah. to be like, yeah, we're going to do one. They don't, but I think that's, it's clearly that's, not something that they feel is impacting their sales no. in, in a meaningful yeah. way yet. I and guess I their strategy is, is price their phones cheaper so people are more likely to just buy the next phone. Yeah, it's a bit more disposable tech, which yeah, is not which good. Is, but, no. yeah. Makes me um, like, yeah, uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, no, overall, I, I think it's a great phone. Um, I think for the price, it's really competitive. Um, if you're a gamer, 10 out of 10. Uh, if you like watching Netflix, maybe not so much, but yeah, I, I'm... I'm a big fan of the G200. As someone who just read Lewis's review and I haven't used it, I had this kind of, you know, we have our, I look after our, our chart on the site for the best mid-range phones. And Lewis told me, oh, I think, you know, this, this should go in. And I'll admit, I kind of inwardly scoffed a little bit. I was like, yeah, a Motorola <laughs> phone. Like, it, maybe it'll squeeze <laughs> in another right, 10. Yeah. I'll, I'll have a look. <laughs> yeah. All right. You know, uh, I think I put it in a number four because I read, read the review and I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's got that refresh rate and that yeah. chipset and that storage for 400 pounds. Okay. Wow. This is, is a really yeah. good phone. This is, you know, actually taking out a lot of the competition in terms of the, the ranking. So yeah, I, I am very impressed uh, without having used it, but it sounds pretty great to me. Yeah. Cool. Well, that'll do us for this week. We will be back next week for episode 100. Woo, um, woo. I do not know. We're going to have to do something. Who knows what? But there will be, uh, you know, some sort of commemorative mark. Maybe we'll just get mugs made. Drinking um, games. <laughs> <laughs> maybe to celebrate episode 100, we'll all just sod off and play video games for the afternoon instead. Yes. Nice. Yes. Nice. We could stream uh, it. I was about to say, I'll live stream that. That's fine. I've got, I've got the setup here. I am, I'm ready for this. Twitch. <laughs> yeah, really we, we should be on mobile games all is all I'd say. Exactly. Uh, we could all just be on the rubbish games that Netflix has added to the service. Uh, on, on Android. You lot can do that. I'll uh, be on GeForce Now on my iPhone. Like a nice. cool kid. <laughs> uh yes we will be back i don't know what we'll be talking about we'll be doing something silly to celebrate our 100th episode and hopefully talking about some actual phones as well but uh until then thank you very much for watching and listening remember to like and subscribe if you're on youtube and yeah we'll see you soon cheers everyone bye see you